Welcome to Rooted. I am so grateful to have you here, to be sharing this really very special space here. And I want to say welcome back to those of you that continue to listen every other week and welcome to those who have maybe just found my podcast. I got several messages the last couple weeks saying you found my podcast on Spotify. I am not a Spotify user, so I don't even understand, you know, how that works. Obviously, my podcast is on there. Um, but it's really cool to hear how they are putting it on certain lists and recommending it. I'm super grateful for that. So thank you for the messages. Thank you for listening and letting me know how you found me. I always appreciate learning how somebody found me or got connected. If you are tuning in for the first time, we just wrapped up a series on relationships. So we started with dating and really how that starts with us and moved into relationships and discussing the different aspects of them. And then last week was the second part of the letting go finale. But I feel like one of those infomercials because I'm like, but wait, there's more. I had been thinking a lot these last couple weeks. Y'all, it's 4th of July right now. I never record an episode the day before I'm about to post it. I usually do it way ahead of time, do my editing and everything. But the last couple weeks, I've been really, I told you if you listen to a previous episode, I started a program called the Genesis Process and I have a lot of homework each week. And this isn't like, answer A, B, or C type homework. This is like digging in. I have to sit and really think about certain things from my childhood, all sorts of very fun stuff like that. So the homework load has been heavy. Plus I came back to Portland a couple weeks ago. If y'all were listening, you know, I spent a lot of time in California the last couple months. So I feel like I was trying to catch up a lot on my own life. So here we are recording the day before. I know typically I drop episodes on Monday, but since it's a holiday, I wanted to just give everyone that time and I will be dropping this tomorrow, which is Tuesday. But back to what I was saying of the, but wait, there's more. So I had been thinking these last couple of weeks about the series we just wrapped up and you know experiences that were shared, feedback that I received. And God really put it on my heart to do one more about moving on because we talked about, you know, the pain and struggle and letting go and the difficulties that come along with that and the grieving that comes along with that. But what does moving on look like? And here's the thing. There's not one answer, right? There's not one right way to do this, especially because we are all so different. Our experiences are each so unique. So that's going to look different for every single one of us. But God really put it on my heart to go to his word before I even started recording and ask him what he says about moving on. And y'all know, I always try and talk to him before I ever get on this mic and talk to you. I feel like he's never pushed me that much to go directly to his word about what he specifically says about something I'm talking about, because sometimes I just get on this mic and he guides the entire conversation and we go with it. This time he specifically brought up two scriptures that I'm going to definitely dive into. But really for a minute, before I even go there, I wanna check in with you. How are you doing? I know the series was really deep and I got some very deep messages in response to that. And I'm so grateful to hear the way that it has resonated with a lot of you. So check in now. 
and see where you're at, what you're feeling, where your, your body is at, your mind is at, your heart is at in this moment. I think a big reason this specific topic was put on my heart because we get a lot of really twisted advice and opinions from culture, from society, from the world, about relationships, about moving on from relationships, getting over relationships. There's that really popular, gosh, it's probably so many different memes on it, but it was like, get over them by getting under somebody else. Like, in what world would that ever work? Like, in what world does that actually make somebody feel better? Maybe in the moment, because we are a culture of instant gratification, but what about after? I have yet to meet somebody who feels so great and changed and forgot about their ex and all the pain after they've done something like that. I'm very much, do you, I'm not here to tell anybody how to live their life. I'm very much the kind of friend where if I see you going down a path and setting a dumpster fire to your life, I'm not gonna continue to say, do you boo, flame emojis. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to be like, sis, what's good? Like what's actually happening? Cause this, this ain't it. Now, am I gonna tell you what to do or how you should live your life? No, but I'm absolutely gonna bring attention that something is not aligning with who you are saying you want to be or what kind of life you're saying you want to live versus what you're actually doing. Because at the end of the day, we serve a God that gives us free will, right? And so, we need to remember that with the people around us. We are not here to control anybody's life. We are not here to force anybody to act a certain way or be a certain way because that is not the God that we serve either. But we do serve a God who not only gives us free will, but truly wants us to experience freedom. And this ain't no 4th of July, home of the free, land of the brave type freedom. This is like, I died for you because I believe you are to die for. I believe that you don't have to be in bondage and chains and generational curses and attachments and strongholds. Like this is a chain breaker. This is the God that we get to serve and love. Many times when we are having to move on, depending on how that relationship ended or what your feelings are about it, sometimes it could feel the opposite of freedom, right? Because you are in bondage to these feelings. You are in bondage to these emotions and this heartbreak. And please trust your emotions, your feelings, your heartbreak, all of that is 100% valid. I never want anybody to feel like their feelings and emotions are being invalidated in any way. However, a question I ask myself very often is what role am I playing in my own suffering? Because if we're very honest with ourselves, we play more of a role than we would like to admit. I said I want to move on, but I'm still hitting up my ex when I'm drunk. I said I want to move on, but I'm still creeping daily on his Instagram. I said I want to move on, but I will not stop talking about this person and looking at all the pictures I have in my phone. When our actions and our words are not aligning, that is what causes the inner disturbance, right? That's what robs us of our peace. And essentially, what is contributing to our own suffering? 
you keep texting them when you're drunk, maybe you cut out alcohol for a little while because maybe you are not emotionally capable of handling that. You keep creeping on their Instagram, talk about it in the last episode, don't be shy with that block button. You keep talking and looking through all the pictures that you have of y'all on your phone, delete them. Delete the voicemails, delete the pictures, delete the videos. I am not saying this is easy by any means. I know each time I have had to do this, it hurt. And in some relationships, it took a very long time for me to even get to that level. But again, it came down to what role am I playing in my own suffering? And maybe you're listening like, okay, girl, fine, but I didn't get my closure. I still want my closure and I cannot move on till I get my closure. Let me tell you something. Closure will have you out here stuck and stagnant far longer than God ever had planned for you. But because you can't let that go, because I need this in order to let this go. Think about how much power you're giving somebody to say, in order for me to let this go, I need this person to explain this, or I need this person to have this conversation with me. How much power are you truly giving this other person if they're controlling whether or not you take a step forward or stay exactly where you're at? And I am not saying this feels good. Oh my gosh, it feels like crap because your girl has been there several times because at the end of the day, we absolutely all deserve closure, absolutely. But we do not always get what we deserve from people. You know where we get what we deserve? From the God that we serve who wants us to let go and move on. Now I'm gonna break it down in scripture. So there's two scriptures that I'm gonna hop into. One is from Philippians where Paul is writing to them. And so it's Philippians 3.13. It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. How many of us are being called to something else, yet we are refusing to answer that line because we are keeping the phone line busy while remaining on a line with somebody who won't even answer the phone? He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. Like there is a prize waiting for us. There's goodness waiting for us. Yet so many of us refuse to let go of what God wants us to let go of because what we think we had is better than what is to come. And I am very much speaking from experience. At times, I have gotten so laser focused and deeply, deeply attached to what I wanted for me versus what God wanted for me. We have all heard the Jeremiah scripture about God's good plans for us. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 
And maybe you are listening to those words and you have read those words and they sound great, right? Like, yeah, God, that sounds great. Love it. Wonderful. But we don't actually let those words penetrate us. And if we are not letting something truly penetrate, how can we truly believe it? So instead, we are believing what is familiar to us versus what God has declared to us. Which brings me to this great point my pastor made in this week's sermon. He said, you don't believe what is true. You believe what is consistent. So we must make the consistent thing the true thing. What is consistent in your life that holds no real truth? And I mean, this could go a million ways. Patterns, habits, limiting beliefs. But for the sake of this specific podcast, what are you telling yourself that is being repeated and recycled over and over in your head that you are believing it simply because it is consistent, not because it is true. When we say things like, I'll never find someone like this person again. No, we're each uniquely different, but maybe it is a good thing you are not finding somebody like this person again. You get to explore a whole new person. Maybe you're telling yourself, I'll never find a love like this again. And I have absolutely had that fear, had that thought. It's scary and your feelings are valid, but... When you start to realize that it wasn't this person that was love. It wasn't this relationship that was the embodiment of love. It was you, how you experienced love, how you gave love that you are most attached to. I want to read you this Rupi Kaur poem that I absolutely love and I've probably shared in a previous episode. It says, what I miss most is how you loved me. But what I didn't know was how you loved me had so much to do with the person I was. It was a reflection of everything I gave to you coming back to me. How did I not see that? How did I sit here soaking in the idea that no one else would love me that way when it was I that taught you? When it was I that showed you how to feel the way I needed to be filled. How cruel I was to myself, giving you credit for my warmth simply because you had felt it. Thinking it was you who gave me strength, wit, beauty, simply because you recognized it. As if I was already not these things before I met you. As if I did not remain all these once you left. Many times the love we experience, whether in friendship, family, or romantic, is simply a reflection of the love that we pour out coming back to us. So baby girl, if you are listening to me right now and you find yourself in that position, please know you are the love here. And that is because we have a living God within us who is love himself. That is within you. And that definitely doesn't go away when the person or the relationship goes away. Y'all know I'm a huge advocate about healing from childhood trauma. We all have it. I don't care how perfect your childhood was or how your family is still together. Like we all 
have different wounds from childhood. And if we have not done any work or therapy to bring them to the surface and truly heal them, then we are very much operating, especially in relationships, from different wounds or we're being triggered by different wounds. And this is no different when a relationship ends. Those same wounds from childhood that are still unhealed, man, all the alarms are going off now, right? They've all now come to the surface because more than likely a relationship ending or a person leaving, or maybe you had to leave and you didn't want to leave. Whatever the case is, it's definitely going to trigger something within. I know for me personally, because of certain experiences in my childhood, I was super addicted to emotional roller coasters, right? Really high highs and really low lows. And even as unhealthy as I knew it was, it was familiar because we believe what is consistent, not what is true, because this was something that was consistently a part of my childhood, because this was something that consistently felt familiar to me. I didn't let go or move on when I should have. I've also shared my own struggles with codependency, which again was formed in my childhood, very much playing the rescuer, the fixer. And so when something isn't working, I take on the idea of, but I could fix you. I could fix us. I can make this work. And listen, I'm not saying we're never allowed to have those thoughts or it's immediately unhealthy if you think that you can make something work. For me, myself, and I, I take it to another level of now this is unhealthy for me. Now I'm only with this person because I'm trying to fix this person, which is never a reason you should be with somebody. And because I'm so determined to rewrite the story of my childhood, because a lot of times with codependency, it's like I couldn't fix this parent, right? But I could fix this person. So if I could fix this person, I can rewrite the story and I could get my happy ending. So we don't let go and move on when we should. I want to share this scripture from Exodus. It was when Moses is leading the Israelites out of Egypt into freedom. And when God is coming in to part the Red Sea for his people to experience freedom. And so it's Exodus 15. And it says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. And when I read that, I could only imagine the many, many times where I was playing the star role in my own suffering, yet calling out for God to save me, God to change things, yet I continue to repeat the very thing and go back to the very thing that I needed to let go of. I could only imagine when I read that scripture of him saying like, stop crying out to me and get moving, like make the changes you need to make. And listen, I don't want to project that onto you. Um, me and God be having some different types of conversations sometimes. So he may be talking to you very, very differently. Something I'm learning within the Genesis program that I'm going to is because of that inner parent, the critical parent, I view God as being very hard on me. I'm not even going to edit this out. I'm going to call myself out on the example I just gave, right? It's hard for me sometimes to imagine such a soft God because I have such a critical inner parent in my head thinking that God is also talking to me the same way, right? Like, get up, girl. Let's go. We got places to go, people to see. And listen, maybe sometimes he is saying that. 
However, we also do serve a very soft God who absolutely cares about your broken heart. I can't tell you how many times I have cried myself to sleep at night over a broken heart. And I have imagined God just coming in and hugging me. Like I've actually visualized him holding me and comforting me because my hurt was hurting him. So some days you may need a little more of a snap, snap, push you into the right direction kind of God. And sometimes you may need to be reminded that it's the same God who's holding you as you cry yourself to sleep and wiping away your tears. I love that we serve a God like that, right? He could come, he could rain down fire when he needs to, but he's also such a soft God that he will come in a whisper. But in order to hear him, we have to be listening. And if we are so consumed with the past, if we are so consumed with a person, where is the room for him? Where's the room for our healing, right? What we pray for, we have to also prepare for. So if you are praying for healing and you're praying that your heart goes from broken to whole again, but leaving no space for God to come in and do the work that only he can do, I go back to the question, what role are you playing in your own suffering? And please do not take this as shame or as guilt or of anything like that. However, in any kind of healing, accountability is required if you want real change. All that question is really prompting is reflection and accountability. I know I was talking about, you know, leaving room for God and getting silent and reflecting with what he wants for us, what he wants to say. I personally am somebody that has never been like, oh, God says this to me and he told me that. And I've had really amazing moments where he has put something on my heart. However, I've never felt like I'm just somebody who's out here and he's talking to me all the time. But I just started reading this book. It says, Can You Hear Me? Tuning In to the God Who Speaks. And it's by Brad Jersak. And I am only like one or two chapters in and it has been so incredible. And it really more so just within, you know, the pages that I've read have really highlighted to me, am I creating enough stillness in my life for God to speak to me? I can't complain or think, gosh, I wish he spoke to me. Yet I'm not actually being still enough for him to actually speak to me. And listen, I'm not saying that's the only way God speaks to us, but for me, myself and I, I know that I also am not creating enough opportunities for him to speak to me as much as I would like. I had just made a TikTok, I think it was yesterday, saying that the enemy cannot touch our calling. He cannot touch our gifts, but he can make us question it and he can attack our confidence. I think that could be applied to anything. Think about if you are leaving a relationship, you have decided that you've got to let this go. You've decided that you are moving on, but then the enemy comes in and makes you question, did I make the right decision? Should I give this person another chance? Is this really what's best? Be very cautious when you are in a vulnerable space because you are fighting a battle bigger than yourself. Satan is the master of lies. He is the master of confusion, which makes it all the more important 
that instead of staying stuck in that confusion, that we go to our source, which is God, and create space for him to give us his direction, his discernment. I'm looking at my notes from a sermon a couple weeks ago, and it says, when the enemy cannot change what you think about God, his next step is to try and change what you think about you. And this is another thing that could go in so many different directions. I want you to really take that in. I'm going to say it one more time. When the enemy cannot change what you think about God, his next step is to try and change what you think about you. Again, if he can attack your confidence, if he can attack your mind and create confusion, if he can attack your heart and keep you in bondage, of course, moving on will seem impossible. Of course, letting go will seem like it could never happen. And I'm not sugarcoating any of this, all of it. Oh my gosh, it hurts like hell. Oh, it hurts so bad. And it is the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. And I've gone through some things, but having to let go and really having to move on is a whole different pain. It's a different beast. But let me tell you this, I found so much power on the other side of my pain. I learned so much about myself in that season. I grew in wisdom and understanding and lessons and experience and so much more that would never be possible had I not gone through the things I've gone through. This podcast would not exist if I had not gone through what I've gone through. Many of us create this idea that moving on is giving up all of our happiness, all of our joy, all of the love. God is the source of these things. And we get that very twisted sometimes. Can moving on be scary? Of course, any kind of change can be very scary. So does that mean that we just sit here and settle for what we know, for what's familiar? I'm going to share this note that I love so much that came from that same sermon. It says, how long are you going to nurture an emotional attachment to something God is done with? Let me say that again. How long are you going to nurture an emotional attachment to something God is done with? What is God done with in your life? Think about that. What is God done with? Yet you continue to nurture. Yet you continue to be attached to. This goes back to we serve a God of free will, right? He's not going to force you to cut off that emotional attachment. But he's done with it. He's just waiting for you to be done with it. I mean, really done with it. I want to share another note. Y'all, this sermon was so fire. If you are familiar with Dr. Darius Daniels, he delivered a word. If you want to look it up, I had watched the YouTube of it. It was called This Doesn't Fit. And it was when he was speaking at Elevation Church. But in that sermon, he had also said, how far you go and how much you grow is not just determined by what you believe about God. It is equally impacted by what you believe about you. What are you believing about yourself that is preventing you from moving on from what you know you need to let go of? 
Do you believe that this is the kind of relationship you deserve? That this is the kind of love you deserve? Do you believe you can't do better? What are you believing about yourself? Again, that is consistent, but is not true. Many times moving on is us choosing us. And in a previous episode, I talked about how painful that can be. We live in a culture and society that preaches, do you choose you, boo-boo, but that can be really painful and it can sometimes be really lonely. Y'all, don't be so scared of feeling alone that you hold on to what is not for you. Let me say that again. Do not be so scared of feeling alone. Let me ask you this. What will happen? What will happen if you feel alone? What are you afraid of? in that space. Are you afraid to sit with yourself? Why? Are you afraid to face yourself by yourself? Why? These are the types of questions that should be the focus. Not, will I ever find a love like this again? No, no, no. You see, that's not the actual issue here. The issue is, what do I believe about myself? What have I not dealt with? What have I not healed from? This space of being alone, of getting this time to yourself, man, I can't tell you how much I have learned about myself. I can't tell you how much God has revealed to me in those types of seasons. It truly is so special, which is why I'm so vocal about us truly giving ourselves time with ourselves after a relationship ends because so many times people jump into something else with someone else to avoid being by themselves. Moving on does not exclusively mean that you're now dating and doing the relationship thing. Listen, if that's for you, then that's for you. But moving on is moving into the next chapter for you, moving in to the next version of you, moving into a new space that is completely brand new. Explore that space, explore that new chapter, explore that new version of you, like what a blessing. I'm gonna end with something I talked about in the last episode. I want you to visualize that picture of Jesus and the little girl where she's holding a small teddy bear in her hands. And she's saying, but I love it, God. And he's so lovingly and gently putting out his hand to her. And the other hand is behind his back with a bigger teddy bear saying, just trust me. God is not going to force you to let go and move on from anything. But he does have better for you. He does have more for you, but we cannot receive the heavenly prize like it talked about in Philippians until we let go of what he has asked us to. And I don't know about y'all, but I want all the prizes. I want all the big teddy bears. I want all of it. So I very much, many different seasons of my life have had to take a personal inventory of what I not only need to let go of, but completely move on from. Because let me just, I know I always say, let me end here. Okay, but for real, I'm gonna end here. 
We can let go of something, but we have still not moved on from it. Let me say that again. We can let go of something, but we still, if we are honest with ourselves, have still not moved on from it because we're still harboring bitterness. We're still harboring anger. We're still harboring resentment. Move on from all of it. Sometimes what I have to do is literally sit there, open up my hands completely and picture the bitterness, anger, resentment, unforgiveness, whatever it is that I am internalizing, picture it in my hands and raise my hands and say, take it, God, take it from me. I don't want this anymore. One, it doesn't feel good. Two, y'all, that kind of stuff wrecks havoc on our physical health. And I'm trying to be out here summer body, yaddy, yaddy, and I cannot do that if I got all these types of resentments and anger holding on to me and creating all sorts of issues. But for real, it creates sickness. I believe the first step in not only moving on, but in so many different areas when we don't know where to start with something is surrender. More than anything, God wants our surrender. And let me tell you, oh my gosh, that's one of the hardest things and something I have to consistently pray for and pray about is God, help me surrender. God, put a desire in me to surrender because sometimes I just don't want to. We don't want to give certain things up. This isn't easy. Or maybe you desperately, desperately want to give this up and have not been able to fully move on. Your first step today is a step of surrender. Ask God what he needs you to surrender, to show you what to surrender, to show you how to surrender. Because on the other side of that surrender is the freedom he wants for us, the freedom he has already given us, and the freedom that you are so deserving of. Y'all, I hope you had a beautiful three-day weekend. I'm grateful for this time together. I hope these words have connected with you. If you know somebody who needs them, please pass it along. Like, let's get people free out here. Because when we free ourselves, we free everybody around us. Okay, I'm for real done now. I love y'all. I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Once again, thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Please don't forget to click subscribe. And if you enjoy what's being created here, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review. But most of all, please stay connected. I absolutely want to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at connectedwithcatherine. Until next time, stay rooted.